following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Fridays on the Huge Show across Michigan are presented by the Best Burger Campaign at your local McDonald's of Michigan. You can celebrate McDonald's making some small changes to its burger lineup that will have a huge impact on flavor. They're too juicy and tasty to resist. So stop by and try one of the best burgers in Michigan at your local McDonald's. Fridays on the Huge Show are presented by McDonald's of Michigan. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It is our number two on a football Friday. Huge love to all the high school teams across the state and all the family and friends and students checking out those games tomorrow. Uh, Michigan State with the Saturday off. Michigan will be at Minnesota. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman, late 80s, early 90s, down in Ann Arbor. Also co-host on the Michigan Football Podcast with Chris Ballas, which you can hear weekly at thewolverine.com. He joins us, and I think it was about 10 days ago, Doug, you and I talked about Michigan, and there was a mild concern about the line, about the rotations, what was going on. And I think what we witnessed in that dominating start-to-finish win at Nebraska is that Michigan basically treated their first three games like NFL preseason matchups. Yeah, well, that's there's that's not a stretch, Bill. There's no doubt about that. And there was a lot of rotation going on in those for your first few games. And there still is a little rotation going on. I'm not sure that Coach Harbaugh and Sharon Moore are settled with their tackles for two reasons. Uh, Miles Hinton at right tackle has been battling an injury, so he was out of there. And they put Barnhart at right and. Ladarius there, Henderson at left tackle, and I thought they did pretty well. Not perfect, pretty doggone well in that game last week, and then somebody against Nebraska running the football was really nice. But now, Trent Jones is finding a reason for that coaching staff to put him back on the football field. And Harbaugh talked about possibly finding different combinations. So it looks like it looks like the tackle rotation is going to continue. And personally. You know, Bill, I'm a little old school. I don't know how well that does for an offensive line unit. I've always been a fan. I've always been a fan of letting the five guys get used to their body spacing and how they play next to each other. But this seems to be working. It, it, like I said, it's not perfect. It was a couple late leakers, and we got our quarterback drilled pretty hard a couple times in the Nebraska game, which can't happen. You cannot let your quarterback get hit hard. So that needs to be fixed. Um, but it seems like this this rotation and mixture of the offensive tackle position is going to continue, at least for the short term. What do you like about Nebraska that you hadn't seen in the first three games, not just the offensive line, but from this Michigan team that made you think what I thought, like they look like the number two team in America for the first time this year? 
But the, the I think some of the, the average yards rushing bill, it, it looked like Michigan was back to uh, what I call sort of obvious offense, right? Nebraska knows what Michigan's going to do. Michigan knows what they're going to do. The whole stadium knows. Anybody paying attention on television, you can tell what we're going to do. And yet Michigan did it anyway with success, five, six, seven, eight-yard runs or more with consistency, moving the football. And it looked like, you know, the body language from Nebraska was, yeah, we know this is coming and we have nothing to do to stop it. And that's that's the demoralizing thing that you always look for when you're out there on offense. You can just grind people into the ground. And you might as well just call across the line there when you're in the huddle. Like, hey, fellas, we're going to run the 47G here, guys. It's coming right off the left tackle. Let's see if you guys can stop it. And you get five or six yards even though you tell them it's coming. That's, the, that's what I saw in the Nebraska game. Obviously not that obvious. Michigan wasn't telling Nebraska what the plays were, but it was pretty obvious to me, and yet Michigan still had success. If you can do that even against a not-so-great Nebraska team, these are still Division One athletes, Bill, that means you're doing pretty good. So the Michigan offensive line probably had its best outing. Like I said, still not perfect. J.J. still throws the ball really well. Uh, Roman Wilson was one of the catches of the year early in that football game, ripping the kid's head off as he secured the football for a touchdown. So, And, and then the other thing that's fun, and it's, it's, you know, it's easy to say when you're winning, that team looks like they have a lot of fun together winning, and that defense continues to dominate and not give up hardly any points. So check another box, another easy win, and we move on to the next one. You know, one thing about that defense that I've been saying, even with the first three games, which were obvious wins, and even the – Road game at Nebraska, and we'll get to the Minnesota game tomorrow night in a moment. When we look at the past two Big Ten champion teams who also went to the college football Final Four, at least my viewpoint, four games in, that that defense is faster to the football than those previous two defensive units and one of the fastest to the football I've seen in Ann Arbor. Yeah, well, you know, the old cliche has never stopped and never will. That That's what speed, you know, speed kills. And you can't coach speed, right, Bill? So the interior of that offensive or defensive line isn't healthy with Mason Graham. He wasn't out there. And when he, we get him back fully healthy, it'll go well, even better than it did. I guess my point is that even without him, the mixture of the young guys, uh, in, you know, Rayshon Benny in there, and, of course, Jenkins moving around, that's a really effective defensive unit. If you know, if we're going to get greedy, it would be nice to see some more sacks. But even McGregor off the edge has become sort of, sort of you know pass blocking or pass disrupting specialist. When he can't get home, he's got a really good knack of watching the quarterback's eyes. And he's a tall, big, athletic kid. He gets his hands up there and disrupts passing lanes. So it's effective, and it has an effect on an opposing quarterback. So that defensive front is really nice, playing really nice football. Yes, and if there's one concern out there, we still haven't ran up against a dominating offense to really measure ourselves, but they're doing everything that they've been asked to do statistically in the top two or three categories across the country in defense. So there's nothing much really that we can ask for other than what they've continued to do. And Harbaugh back, what what difference did you see that, and again, I, I agree with you on the chemistry, this team seems to like each other. That's been a trait from the previous two Big Ten championship and Final Four teams. Uh, but what was the difference with Harbaugh back? Anything you saw as a former player? 
Well, I think it just galvanizes your offense and your defensive sidelines when you're when your leader, your head coach is out there, and those and those young men probably feel like like I do that he was unjustifiably removed from their presence for those first few games, and so having him back and having his energy and his his voice on that sideline, I think absolutely plays a role in how much fun they're having. And them being together and having success together, it was like anything else, Bill. The greatest memories of of your life and doing things, you're with friends and family that mean the most to you. And it's no different for a football team on the sideline. These guys are galvanizing their relationships now for the rest of their lives, and they want to do it with their coaching staff. And so to have him back adds fun, adds confidence, adds experience to have him there. I think it goes a long way now. The players still have to put their feet in their eyeballs where they belong and execute, but I think it just goes along with the chemistry piece that is so important to successful teams. J.J. McCarthy, uh, there were times where I'm saying, hey, slow down on throwing the missiles. I mean, just <laughs> launching it. I mean, I, the, and the throw he made, I think it was the back, the rolling against his body and back to Wilson. Yeah. You mentioned Wilson's David Tyree college-esque uh, catch, but J.J. McCarthy's looking more like an NFL quarterback every game I see him play. He's definitely, Bill, I, you know, with the exception of that Bowling Green game, I think he's definitely taken a big, big step forward in his in his abilities out there and what he's demonstrating for his future in football, obviously beyond college. He moves around with confidence, and I, you know, at this point, from what I see, I, I see him Maybe at times pressing a little bit, like you say, looking to throw the bullet. Maybe he's got a safe one underneath that he could easily deliver the ball to, but he's looking downfield, looking for a little bit more. And I think that can be a good thing for sure to build confidence in his ability to zing that football as well as he does. But it also concerns me in that does he is he getting a little bit greedy so that when we get a go when we do get up against a really good defense, is is that gonna be a costly factor that he's building some sort of Maybe false confidence against these defenses that aren't so great. I don't know how far that you know that comment goes from from my point of view, but it is fun to watch his kid progress, and we know for sure that he's got the ability to deliver a strike down the field. Uh, I just you know as long as that ball is protected and and it's not being put into a danger, I'm all right with it because the kid is a playmaker and he obviously is having a lot of fun doing it. And Roman Wilson looks like you can't cover him. I'm telling you, his quickness, even his breaks on his routes, uh, his hands, obviously, with that David Tyree-esque catch over the helmet on that Nebraska defender. But just everything about him uh, right now reminds me like almost of St. Brown with the Lions where he'll run a slant, you can't cover him. He can go deep. He can go to the back of the end zone, corner of the end zone. Just He's looking more like an NFL receiver. Yeah, he is. He's really come on, and I think it's easy to say, "Oh, he's a smaller guy. He doesn't, you know, he's not a six foot four kind of dominating presence out there physically." But boy, is he making up for it with the way he runs those routes and is creating separation. You know what we don't see on television because they don't necessarily focus on it. You do, you see it every once in a while. Is is how is he's handling? You know, press coverage. Somebody gets up in his face in a man coverage and tries to get him at the line of scrimmage and put some hands on him. But it doesn't seem to matter. He's finding a way to get into his routes. And if J.J. hangs on to that ball a little bit longer or he's forced to move the pocket a little bit or does it by choice, Roman's finding ways to adjust to give his quarterback a chance to throw it. So just the way he's working in space and finding those angles and those lanes for J.J. to deliver the football, 
it's really impressive. Obviously, JJ is getting more and more comfortable looking and finding him because he knows he's going to be open. And, and like you said, that play where he was rolling to his left, found the strength to get the right shoulder back and deliver the strike as, as Roman was cursing the back edge of the, of the end zone. Well, that's really, really good stuff, Bill. And, and we can do that, you know, game in and game out. And then when we get up against these bigger teams down here into the schedule, they're going to be a factor in how big how big this, this season can really be. And from the first three games, expanding the receivers, seeing more of Johnson, even Clemens, who I think can help that wideout group, especially uh, with Wilson, with Loveland, the tight end. You're just seeing the weapons, obviously, uh, with Corman Edwards and that line coming together with their best game of the year. Michigan looked like a team that could win it all. What everybody's, for the most part, has been saying about them, and now they got to get through Minnesota. I I don't envision this as a game that could be sitting there as a loss. Uh, how do you compare it to the road trip to Nebraska last week, now going to Minneapolis for the Wolverines? Well, I think it could be just the same results here, Bill. I mean, Minnesota's got, uh, I think, a defense that's ranked well below halfway. I had a note here. Is their offense is ranked 100th, and their defense is ranked 60-something. I could have those backwards. But I don't see anything that jumps off the charts. You know, Coach Fleck up there in Minnesota has had, even last year, had some NFL players, a couple wide receivers that were really, really good players, had an offensive lineman that was an NFL-type guy. And Minnesota gave us problems the last time we were up there. They moved the football, football pretty well on us on the ground at times, even though we won that game fairly handily. I don't know that he's got the same level of weapons in this roster that he's had in the past. The results should be the same. We should win this game fairly, not fairly, but pretty easily. Three or four touchdown margin here. I'm sure the, the, the Vegas line is all of that. I don't even know what it is, but I expect Michigan to win, you know, three or four touchdowns, you know, fairly easily here. Doing the same thing we saw them do against Nebraska. They should be able to run the football as they want to and then play action off of that and run the, you know, run the, the, the basics of their offensive playbook Maybe open it up a little bit further now, get into midseason here, doing a few other things, a few different formations. But the fundamentals are going to be the same. Harbaugh's going to line up his offensive line and see if he can crush some people and then have some fun throwing the football off of that. And the defense is just going to do what it does, smother the quarterback, crush the quarterback, and they're not going to run for 75 yards. That's the expectation. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman, late 80s, early 90s, also a co-host on the Michigan football podcast you can hear weekly at thewolverine.com with Chris Ballas. Chris did break the story a couple of days ago. I think it was yesterday, was it? Or was it Wednesday? I think it was Wednesday about uh, Harbaugh's new contract will come sooner than later. Uh, this has to be an issue with Ward Manuel personally because I have no idea with what Harbaugh's done the last two years, what he's doing again this year was with Michigan as the second-ranked team in the country, and they use that NCAA garbage as an excuse, so the contract will come after that. Well, he served a suspension. I know it's still lingering with the NCAA after this season, but what in the hell is going on with Harbaugh not getting a new deal? Well, it's, I, sh- I share... Ballas' frustration and a lot of Michigan fans, you know, Ward, Ward, I think, rightfully, you know, cut Coach Harbaugh's salary when Coach Harbaugh a few years back wasn't doing all that well. The COVID season was terrible. Ohio State was mopping the floor with us on an annual basis, laughing at us no matter where we played that game. And then two and a half years ago, something changed. 
and the results have been undeniably awesome. Back-to-back Big Ten championships, playoff appearances, and we can argue about the playoff performances, but that's not even the point at this at this time. Coach Harbaugh has transformed the football program into what we wanted it to be all along. It just took him it just took him a little bit longer. But here we are, and the performance now is unquestionable. So now, if it was fair for Ward to cut his salary down to what he did when when Harbaugh wasn't so great. Well, now Ward's got to do the opposite. Now Ward needs to lock this coach up here because there's there's obviously a lot of results as to why he should do so. So you got to make this guy the highest-paid coach in the Big Ten and maybe one of the highest-paid coaches in all of college football. He's certainly worth it in my mind. And why this is being delayed, I don't know. If, if in fact, they're using this NCAA thing as some sort of blanket or reason to not do so, whether on Bill, that'll only serve to to lessen my surprise in coming this offseason. If he gets an NFL offer, he will bail and go to the NFL. I've been saying that for a while because of the frustrations of the college game and all these games that he's got to go through and these these hoops that he's got to jump through. There's a lot of things in the NFL that you don't have to deal with that these college coaches have to deal with, with the transfer portal and the lack of roster control. And so I just think that this is a dangerous game for Ward to be playing. you got a really, really good head coach who is doing a really fine job here, wearing the Michigan hat, developing a football program into a championship-level program that we all want. Players are doing a good job on the field and off the field. We don't seem to have any major problems that I know of that are, that are bubbling up. The guys are doing what they're supposed to do, and they're, and they're, they're representing the program really well and having a lot of individual success, and there's a lot of young men coming out of there much better than they were when they arrived. I still so believe what, that Ward's hoping, even with all this success at Michigan, which really has nothing to do with Ward Manual when it comes to football, and I think that's part of this personal vendetta, whatever you want to call it, he is still hoping Jim Harbaugh, now with his success, uh, will go take an NFL job, and I don't think the Michigan alumni base and boosters will put up with it. I think Ward Manuel would go before Harbaugh would go. That's my well. That's you know. That's what you know. It's kind of like I said. That's a, Ward's playing a dangerous game here of of putting this dividing line between him and him. I mean, come on, Ward. You got to pay the guy and let's keep him. But I've said all along now for a year now, Coach Harbaugh has said some things publicly about social issues and political issues in this country and been very vocal about those things. And I've often wondered is. Is that play into some of the hesitation to lock him up long-term in Ann Arbor? It's no secret that Ann Arbor is one of the more left-leaning uh, geographic territories in our really? state. Really? I did not know that. Thank you, Doug. I, every Just time I'm around bit, you, right? every time I'm around you, you enlighten me. It could be the Tullymore Football Summits. It can be on the golf course. You, you enlighten me because, you know what, I'm like, I don't know how we put that profanity word together with three <laughs> profanity words. I don't know. Try to be polite here, Bill. You know, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, Coach Harbaugh does not apologize for who he is, and that's one of the most admirable things about him. And so I don't know. You know, it's, it's something's not adding up. The coach is doing a heck of a job. He deserves a contract. If he. If this doesn't get done and done well, and this guy walks with a good reason to walk, then then Ward Manuel is going to have to answer some questions that he's probably not going to be all that comfortable answering. Amen. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman. He knows the game of football. He breaks down 
Hardball and the Wolverines with Chris Ballas every week with the Michigan Football Podcast at thewolverine.com. Joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. Good to hear your voice. Uh, enjoy another pure Michigan weekend. Hey, you do the same. Uh, good luck to that high school football team of yours, Bill. Yeah, Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern and Grand Rapids Catholic Central. I think Catholic might be two in the state and Forest Hills Eastern five and one after we lost our quarterback who decided to concentrate on baseball back in the summer. I give Coach Swander and these boys, they seem to like each other. You know, one thing you mentioned about Michigan that I really love about this Forest Hills Eastern Hawks team is that these guys seem to really care about each other. And I don't care if it's with 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old kids or with grown men. That goes a long way on the field and in the locker room and in school with those kids and men. It goes it goes there and it goes everywhere else when you're working in a team organization. I'm glad to hear it. I wish those young kids the best. I hope to pull out a victory. Thank you, Doug, with his breakdown of Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern and Grand Rapids Catholic Central. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you, Doug. All right, thanks, Bill. Good boy. Yeah, Doug Skeeney, and he's been very supportive of my son A's. I've had a million people. Superfly asked me, what's going to happen tonight between Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern and Grand Rapids Catholic Central? I say, look, the number one team in the state in D4, depending on what poll you look at, Grand Rapids South Christian, we lost by three at their place, rushed for 300 yards, had the ball for 20 more minutes. We'll have to keep the ball away from Todd Colster and his high-powered, and I'm talking as good as any offense in the state of Michigan. So how do you do it? We have... The big boys up front. Hines at 285. Mulcahy at 6'2", 240 at left guard. Nowicki at about 5'11", 260 at center. My son A. Simonson, right guard, 6'2", 272. And Serba, the man, 6'4", about 240. There you go. And you got Jake Heemstra at about 6'2", 240 at tight end. All the teams have loaded up the box. And we got Farrick and Stotts and Hooksom and one of the fastest guys in the state in David Mohawk. If Grand Rapids Catholic Central can stop the run, it will be a tough night. If they can't, I think we can get to the second half. Outside of Loyola, Chicago, one of America's top teams that beat Grand Rapids Catholic Central, hammered them in their opener. They've been fantastic. Ambushed River Rouge. Destroyed everybody. But it is high school sports, and we've all seen it. And all of us have been there, either as a player or as a parent, where there's one night, one game, where the unexpected happens. Well, we're a 5-1 and one team, and we showed up big time against Grand Rapids South Christian defending D4 champs with a ton of athletes, with D1 prospects. And we turned the ball over twice in the second half and rushed for almost 300 yards. Did everything but win. And I give Danny and South Christian uh, a lot of credit that they've been in a lot of big games. So we're still a young team. I love big game Fridays in high school sports. I really do. There, and it's not, God bless my son, but it's about the team. It's about the community. Will the place be rocking? 
I know Grand Rapids Catholic Central, their fans travel like a college team. And they have a ton of tradition. We're like, what, a 20-year-old school. That's it. We're like 20 years old. So you don't have, you know, Grand Rapids Catholic Central, you got people rolling back to the 50s. You got Rita Lavoie when she was leading the cheerleading team. All of a sudden met George Lavoie and decided to have 22 kids. My God. They had a yellow bus that they pulled up at church on Sundays. A yellow was so 22 kids. Damn, go through the drive through there. First off, your order will take an hour, and that's going to cost you about 200 bucks. Maury, a listener out of Kenwood on 961. I think he I, does he have 12 or 13 kids? 13, I think it's 13. I had five. And I will say when the three little ones were all at like three, four, and five and a half, I, I praise God that I got through that, man. <laughs> Once you're outnumbered, I tell every parent, I'll see like, uh, you know, a mom and dad, young mom and dad with like four little kids running all around. And I go, I walk up and I go, bless you. And they go, are you a pastor or a priest? I go, no, you're outnumbered. Bless you. So big game Friday night. Huge love to everybody out there. We'll see what happens at Hawk Stadium with Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern and Grand Rapids Catholic Central. And I, I do admire the program. I, I don't look at private schools and say, oh, man, they can recruit. They got everybody now, man. Bring it on. And I'd rather take the chance that we could pull the major upset, which it would be. But I believe we have enough toughness in the trenches and inside the souls of those kids that they'll bring it. And this reminded me, Superfly, of that Friday before the South Christian game where I didn't know because I'm not at practice, I'm not at lunch, I'm not at school with those kids. Can they come together and say we're going to bring it? I'm not a moral victory guy. But if your team lays it on the line and you still lose, like we did against the top-ranked South Christian Sailors, you're still proud of your kids. You are. I love Big Game Fridays. I really do. Be a great atmosphere tonight uh, on the east side of GR. On the way, Ken Cal, voice of your Detroit Red Wings. They start the regular season next week. Also, Jeremy Reisman, pride of Detroit, talking about the Lions and the Panthers on Sunday. Don't forget about my huge watch party. If you're listening on our flagship station, 96-1 the game, I'll be at the Big East Sports Grill on the Beltline in Grand Rapids near Woodland Mall Sunday, 1 p.m. Lions and the Panthers on all the TVs, great food, beverages there. Join the huge show on Sunday at Big E Sports Grill on the Beltline in GR. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. Tracy, over to you for weather. Oh, the sun must be shining, Dave, because the 7 for 7 sale is back at Meyer. Mix or match hundreds of items like Meyer frozen vegetables, Campbell's condensed soup, and Body Armor sports drink. Pick any 7 for just $7. There's a strong chance of saving with the same quality Meyer deals in-store or online. Back to you, Dave. Sounds great, Tracy. Deals so good. You've just got to talk about them. Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. 
Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. Ladies, let's go see some men. The show, Friday, November 17th at Soaring Eagle Casino. Come meet the men of your wicked dreams for an affordable night of laughs. And maybe some mischief. Oh my. The boys are back in town. Tickets for 18 plus, just $25. On sale now. At the box office and etix.com. Sexy costumes. Hot dance moves. Your sensational night of fun returns. Hunks, the show, November 17th at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Oh my. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you. 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive, boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, TV 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Talk to Jeremy Reisman, proud of Detroit. Get his thoughts on where the Lions are at right now, what lies ahead for the Lions. That point spread has been fluctuating uh, based on what book you're looking at, but on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, Big Board, I think it sits at nine and a half right now. I think that's an easy play. Lions O-line practicing this week. And the most surprising thing, Jeremy, this year has nothing to do with offense it's been that Lions defense, especially against the run. Yeah, no question about it. And really, they started kind of getting better at it towards the end of last year, especially when it comes to running backs. You know, rushing quarterbacks has always kind of been a, a problem. But, you know, they had last year's game against Carolina, which was, you know, obviously as bad as it was, giving up 300-plus yards. But if you look at kind of the games around that, it had started to turn a corner a little bit. And then, obviously, you take it into this year, the Lions are first in, in yards allowed. Uh, when it comes to run defense and everything seems to kind of be working to their advantage. And, and part of it is, I think, increased, you know, linebacker play. Their, their, their linebacker room is deep and, and good. But um, a lot of the guys kind of in the middle of those trenches who maybe weren't getting the pass rushing, um, you know, getting the pass rush to where it needs to be. They've been really working um, when it comes to stopping the run, and, and we've seen it kind of play out the way that it has this year. And, and it's not just that they've let uh, – you know, had so many few yards against them. It's it's the, the teams they were going up against. Seattle's a really good running team. Atlanta's a really good running team. Occasionally, Green Bay's a really good run team. Even Kansas City, you know, Pacheco's having a great year. Lions faced a, a what I think a lot of people would consider very, very good run offenses and, and stopped every single one of them so far. That's why I look at this Carolina game on Sunday at sold-out Ford Field, and I'm thinking, all right, 
Lions a big favorite. Anytime you get close to double digits in the NFL, uh, most are expecting a blowout. Uh, what are you feeling right now? What's your vibe on Sunday? Yeah, it's kind of the same way, and and it's it's interesting because it's, it's it's a new feeling, right? Because I think there's some of Lions fans out there that when you see such a big line, when you see such big expectations to to win this game easily or whatever, your your mind immediately goes, oh, this is going to be a trap game. Uh oh, the Lions are going to overlook this opponent, and here comes you know the Lions team that we've come to know. But I I don't get a feel of that at all in this game. You look at. The matchups, they all favor the Lions. You look at a, a rookie quarterback going up against a, a team that just really embarrassed two young quarterbacks in back-to-back weeks. Um, everything seems to favor the Lions in this game. And, and given that they have Dan Campbell, the ultimate motivator, I would say, at the at the you know top of the food chain here, I don't expect this team to overlook Carolina. I don't think I don't expect this team to to take a week off or, or look forward to to the Buccaneers game next week. I, I think this team is going to be ready. I think the crowd's going to get them really psyched, and and I just think they're a much better football team. Yeah, speaking of much better, pretty much every NFL power ranking you look at, Lions are top ten. Man, I, what a difference a year makes, right? Yeah, no question. Um, you know, towards the end of the year, they were they were getting up there, but I don't think anyone would have considered them a, a top ten team. Even you know, we heard some people say, well, they could have been a dangerous team in the playoffs if they had made it. Well, now we're seeing that dangerous team, right? Now we're seeing them take on some of the best teams in the NFL and, and play in their homes on prime time and, and beat them thoroughly. So um, yeah, this, this team absolutely deserves being a top 10 team. I think, I think maybe even we're inching closer to the conversation of whether they're a top five team and mm-hmm. uh, maybe not there yet, but you know, if they kind of continue on this trajectory, that's, that's where this conversation is headed. Well, and you're looking at a division that uh, am I off base by saying it's the worst division in pro football that the Lions should run away with this, which means you should run the table. You might have a threat of losing at Minnesota, but at least five and one like last year, you should be in that 11, 12, 13, maybe even 14 win category. And I'm really looking at things now and I see the Niners and I see the Cowboys who are on the schedule and the Eagles and I'm thinking, how, how much home field advantage can the Lions grab before the playoffs? That's where I'm at on this team. And the only thing I feel that can stop them, Jeremy, would be massive injuries. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I know it sounds crazy to start talking about seeding in, in the playoffs in, in week five. But you're, you're right. Like, the, the path towards winning this division seems pretty clear now. It is early. I think, I think teams can get better as the season goes on. I think... I don't think anyone outside of the Bears have dug themselves in as big of a hole where they can't turn things around. I think the Vikings could turn things around. They're not actually playing as bad as I think they did um, last year. Um, but at the same time, you're right. Like, There's no reason to believe that the Lions can't continue to get better, too. Um, and so they should take care of business, I would say, in the, in the division. Division games are always hard, and like you said, on the road, it's never easy. Um, so Minnesota could be a tough one. Chicago could be a tough one. I mean... They, the, the thing is, the Lions don't play any of those games until after the bye. They don't play any more division games until um, November, um, and, and I think maybe even mid to late November. And so these teams could lot, look a lot different by then. They could they could be better. They could be worse. The Lions could be better. The Lions could be worse. Like you said, injuries happen. Um, so, you know, nothing's in the bag yet, but everything is ahead of this team. They, they, they asserted their dominance last Thursday saying, like, hey, Green Bay is the only team that, that looks like they're competition to us. Well, look, they're not actually the competition to us. We're, we're way ahead of where they're at. So, yeah, I mean, double-digit wins is definitely the expectation 
at this point with the with the division title. Carolina's defense isn't brutal. I, I see this game like you know twenty seven ten. That's kind of what I'm feeling when it comes to the Lions and the Panthers on Sunday. What's a final number you're looking at? Yeah, that seems pretty reasonable to me because I, I believe the Panthers have yet to score more than twenty points, and I don't think they've held anyone under twenty points yet either. So. Um, you know, I, I do feel like this is a pretty comfortable win. Um, I think the Lions are going to continue to move the ball pretty well offensively. That the Panthers have really struggled to defend the run so far this year. I think they're 32nd in run defense DVOA. So I, I might, I might even push the disparity a little bit longer than that. Maybe say something like 34, 13. I agree. I, 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 you know, that couldn't happen with a, another TD. You know, pick six, kick return. Yeah. I, I also think right. because it's Carolina that and not that you're taking any team for granted but you are at home you do have some injuries that may require another week coming off your 10-day rest it is the perfect time if you can uh, to rest a branch to rest a St. Brown yeah yeah and they may well may very well to do that but I also I also know this team believes that like if 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 you're ready, and, and I'm sure some of the players feel the same way too. Like if I'm physically ready, I don't want to wait. I want to be out there. There's only 17 games a season. Let me let me go out there and play. And so, if the entire team has that kind of mentality, I think maybe they they won't. They'll try to avoid taking a week off if if they can. Also, Lions Tampa game got flexed. I think like 4:25 on the 15th. So you're getting the national TV exposure, the numbers, the star power. Uh, that the Lions bring to the table more young talent than any other uh, NFL franchise. And a year ago, they're stumbling through a one and six start. Like I said to start this, I I find it incredible the conversations nationally, <laughs> statewide, locally. Yeah. You know, Pride of Detroit, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, what the theme is now connected to the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I mean, they've kind of put their reputation finally behind them, and it's taken, what, 14 games? It, you know, now they're 11-3 and three in their last 14 to kind of shed the, uh, you know, are these lines for real? Are they going to disappoint us again? Um, well, you know, they had all these off-season expectations, and they've pretty much met every single one of them so far through, through four games, and, and no one can ignore them, I think, at this point any longer. They're doing it on national TV. They're doing it to, to historic franchises like the Chiefs and the Packers, and this team is, is for real, and it's very much clear that the, the national audience is finally getting that with not only the you know primetime games, not only the, the, the power rankings, just everyone seems to agree that this team is, uh, is, is going to be a true competitor this year and probably beyond. I just love how I go, yeah, somewhere between 11 and 14 wins and an easy run to the NFC North <laughs> title. Yeah. No big deal. No big deal. Like why do you never done it before? Bill, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, can I get a yeah? Can I get some mayo on my sub? Uh, Bill, what do you think? Uh, Eleven to fourteen wins. Uh, home field advantage. I think they're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'll get some chips and a large drink. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's so cavalier now, which is just it's a wild place to be. But I think this week is a perfect example where it's just like yeah, the the Panthers are in town and. This is a, a Detroit Lions team that shouldn't blink. This is, a, I mean, when's the last time we can even say that Never. the Lions team can win comfortably and, and Never. not really have any doubts about it? Never. Because we, this, even with Barry, we doubted Wayne Fonts. We did. Right. We doubted his creativity, his staff. We doubted him. Here's, here's why the Lions are, they're in a completely different spot than ever before. Even the Calvin Barry years, even Stafford Sue Calvin, that. You trust the GM. You trust the front office. The owner's not meddling. 
Uh, you got Dan Campbell. You got a staff that has weathered a lot. They've been through the good and bad. And you're a fan. You're someone in the media. You're doing your coverage at Pride of Detroit. You really trust what they're doing. Yeah. First time ever. First time ever. Ever with the Lions. I mean, just the the popularity of the owner itself. That, that, when is that, that is, will never happen. Um, and, and, but it has for good reason, right? Like, like you said, it, it's from the ground up. Everyone in the organization is doing the jobs that they're supposed to be. Mm. The GM is, is building through the draft and making savvy moves in free agency. The, the head coach is keeping everyone motivated when this team was not good under him. Never blinks. Always seemed to give it their all week in and week out, week in and week out. And then the players are doing the jobs. The coaching staff that then Dan Campbell is surrounded around himself has developed these young players into strong players, good depth, elite players, blue chip players. It just feels like this franchise is firing on all cylinders and it's hard to nitpick anything that really anyone inside that building is doing wrong right now. Jeremy Reisman, pride of Detroit joining us here on the huge show across Michigan. And one final thought that I love Jeremy when the Green Bay Packers organization had to send out a letter and ask Packer fans <laughs> not to sell their tickets to other fans after the Lions takeover inside Lambeau, one of the toughest tickets on the NFL market to me was a landmark moment for the Lions franchise. Oh man, it, it was so cool to just see all the, the, the blue in the stands and at the end of the game, just only Lions fans in that stadium and, I mean, it just tells you everything to know about this fan base, how patient they've been, how hungry they've been, and how thrilled they are to, to have a team that's worth rooting for, a franchise that's worth rooting for, a head coach that's so nice and uh, affable and, and charismatic and easy to root for. Same thing with the general manager. like Watching Brad Holmes be out there on the sidelines or even in the stands just taking pictures with, with fans. Like Everyone is so easy to root for right now, and the team is so good that – Man, I, I I can't imagine what Ford Field is going to be like for the rest of the year when these games start to matter a little bit more, when the the tension starts to rise, maybe when the playoffs start to come. Mm. Um, it's just it's going to be a heck of a home field advantage that I, that I don't think um, even Lions fans can comprehend right now. Yeah, or it's surreal to say the least. Jeremy Reisman, what he writes is real. Pride of Detroit with his team online, Twitter. Facebook joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest on Jeremy. Uh, thanks for your thoughts on the Lions-Carolina game on Sunday. No, of course, no problem. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. If you wait long enough, the pendulum swings in the other direction. All across Michigan, police academies are filling up. In fact, new sections are being added to accommodate the brave men and women making the decision to protect and serve. The Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police commends and welcomes these selfless, community-minded officers joining our ranks. We know we have more work to do, and with your help, the pendulum will swing in favor for all of Michigan. How would you like to win $1,500 in cash from Josh Garvey and his team at Bean Carter Dorn Mayhew Firm? All I have to do is beat my pro football picks and you could be the winner. Get your picks in until early Sunday morning at thehugeshow.net. We played for the thrill, that rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver. 
Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Back on the huge show on this football Friday, a reminder with Michigan-Michigan State, the rivalry game coming up. The huge cup is back. 27 holes, three nine-hole matches, Michigan State versus Michigan fans. If you want to get a free twosome and get in on the drawing, go to at Huge Show on Twitter, the Huge Show on Facebook. Big. Bad. Huge. 